Good morning. Uh, welcome to KZYX. We have a great guest this morning, Russell Cackley, MD, and we're going to talk about vaping, which is a uh, excellent topic because I don't know why anybody does it. But anyway, um, it'll be an interesting show because um, a lot of people have teenagers that are vaping. A lot of people vape. I just uh, had a terrible time getting my niece to stop vaping. Um, but first of all, let me introduce Dr. Russell Cackley. He's a resident at the Family Practice Program. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on the show today. Okay. Well, first, the first question is always, how did you get to Ukiah? <laughs> yeah, um, so I am originally from Hawaii and went to school out there. Um, and, you know, during uh, when you apply for the match process to, to look for residency programs, um, I was looking for rural programs, but didn't really want to go more east than California. <laughs> um, staying close to the coast was kind of my priority. And I uh, interviewed at um, Adventist Health, Ukiah Valley, and really liked the, the scenery out here and really in, uh, was impressed with the faculty that run the program out here. So um, I found Mendocino and Mendocino found me and been here for, for a couple months now. Very good. Um, so you started your residency program on July 1st. Yes, that's correct. <clears throat> um, so my daughter went to University of Hawaii in Hilo. You're from Hilo. That's quite the Big Island experience. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, it's funny. Big Island is pretty similar to, to Mendocino in terms of the the rural areas, um, you know, a lot of hiking, a lot of outdoors activity, beautiful scenery. Um, it, it is a little bit different being a little bit farther from the water. Can't just look outside and see and see the blue, but, you know, it's there. It's not that far to get across the, co uh, across the mountains right. to the coast. So, Okay, go Hilo. Um, so, first of all, uh, I'd like you to give us a definition of vaping because even I am unclear on what exactly vaping is or how it works. All right. So, you know, vaping is kind of this uh, colloquial catch-all term um, describing what people do with uh, electronic cigarettes. And so electronic cigarettes are these um, electronic devices that heat a liquid um, with, a, with a heating element. And that kind of produces uh, aerosol, which is basically a mix of um, small small particles, and people inhale that. Um, it's not water vapor, as a lot of people um, believe. It's 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 actually an aerosol. Um, and yeah, you know the liquids are. There's many different terms for them: e-liquids, um, vape juice, vape liquid. Um, and these liquids are uh, mostly water, and then they contain. Um, sometimes uh, nicotine freebase or nicotine salts, and um, that's what people inhale when um, the liquid is heated. So I had a friend that told me that people are um, uh, using this because it's safer than cigarettes, quote-unquote, but then I'm also told that there's heavy metals in this stuff. Yeah, it, you know, the, there's, there's a bunch of research. Um, these systems have only been out for a little bit. I think they really came out on the market in, um, in the 2000s. Um, as far as it being safer than cigarettes, there there is evidence that you know cigarettes have uh, about 7,000 chemicals that are wow. produced every time um, the tobacco is burned. 7,000. Yeah, 7,000. And so from from that standpoint. <laughs> Yes, uh, vaping does not produce 7,000 chemicals, <laughs> it produces less. However, um, we don't know all of the chemicals that are produced in the, in the vape. Um, 
So I, I can't, we can't necessarily say that's safer per se. And um, again, not 7,000, but um, maybe not still as safe as not inhaling anything into your lungs, right? Okay. Well, tell me, um, when vaping came out, I actually thought, oh, this is a way to get people to get off cigarettes. I thought that, you know, having battled emphysema my entire physician life, um, I thought that was a good deal. But it seems like it's an, another form of addiction. Right, yeah. So, you know, these um, electronic cigarettes, they have nicotine in them, and so that's what... Um, you know, cigarette users, they, be, they can become addicted to that. And so they're able to get their nicotine fixed through um, the e-juice. The e but, however, um, there's not really good evidence right now that electronic cigarettes can reduce um, smoking and do help with smoking sensation. Right now, the FDA does not approve electronic cigarettes or, or vapes as an approved way for um, smoking cessation. They recommend still using, you know, the gums and the nicotine patches and lozenges and whatnot. So with my niece and nephew, um, I was surprised how uh, much they used it. And also, they talked about, like, getting a hit from this. And there's also some sort of vape pens or vape. There's a special thing, and it sounds like you're shooting up heroin, but it's but it's nicotine. Yeah, I, I think that is one of the appeals of, of vaping. You still get kind of a buzz from it, um, and whether that's due to inhaling the the, the aerosol or inhaling the nicotine, um, it's, it's probably a little bit of both. Probably more so the nicotine too, right? Mm -hmm. The nicotine um, acts on your on the hormones in your in your brain that kind of cause this pleasure um, reward system. Um, so it's probably a little bit of both. But yeah, you, supposedly you do get a little bit of a, a bu of a buzz from it. So yeah, and there's I, I forget I had this one friend that was using. It was vaping nicotine, and, and it was like some super um, form of it that I'm blanking on right now. So um, so tell us more about nicotine and why people get a buzz from it or why that's a feel-good thing. God knows I like my Dr. Pepper, but I don't think I'm uh, getting you know a hit from it. Right. So uh, nicotine is uh, it's a chemical compound. Um, it's actually... Uh, we have receptors in our body for it, and there are um, certain pathways in our in our brain that allow that use nicotine to produce um, that hormone dopamine that oh, everyone yeah. says is the Just, is yeah. a pleasure hormone. Right. Well, it's not really technically a pleasure hormone. It, it more teaches our brain to try to seek out the things that are causing the dopamine to be released. The, the dopamine itself doesn't cause it, but nicotine is one of those chemicals that can produce more dopamine and again tell your brain to let's go get more nicotine yes um and dopamine is what's um from any sort of drug you use increases um the dopamine level um we're talking to dr cackley he's a resident in the family practice program we're talking about vaping and i'm going to take a second here to talk about russell because uh, tell us a little about the family practice program because that's part of the show is I want people to uh, get familiar with Dr. Cackley and also learn about vaping. So why family practice? Why didn't you go into dermatology? <laughs> right. It's a, dermatology is a three-year program as well. No. Um, so family medicine, you know, uh, it's... 
it's something that I, w I wanted to do because I felt it was the best for being able to practice, um, especially in a rural area. Again, being from a rural area, I wanted to be able to have kind of a broad set of skills to be able to serve a wide variety of patients, to be able to work in a, um, in a number of different settings. And I felt that with family practice, you do get to see um, a, a lot of different procedures. You get to see a wide variety of patients from from birth to, to middle age to the elderly. Um, you really get to work with a with a great spectrum of of patients in um, in medicine, especially. So I thought that would that would fit for me and what I kind of wanted to do in my career. Well, for people to realize, uh, I think the family practice residency program is crucial to the health of Mendocino County. Um, support it as much as you can because only 7% I think of physicians want to practice in a rural area. 7% is pretty damn low. Um, and there's lots of people that go into specialties because you don't have call, you don't you take vacations, you, dermatology pays better. A lot of people have uh, the average resident average medical student owes two hundred fifty thousand dollars when they graduate from medical school and uh, I think that's why ENT and some of these other things attract people so much but uh, be kind to your primary care doctor because you need them and you live longer and you do a lot better I did internal medicine which is sort of everything but kids and babies scared me so I uh, I stayed away from the kids and the babies, uh, and you do everything in family practice. It's, I mean, it's exciting but daunting, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is a huge task, and you know the amount of medicine, medical knowledge that you have to learn grows every day too. But yeah, you you do get to work. You get to work with kids. Um, you know, a, a single day of practice, you can have a pediatric patient first, and then maybe a, um, a mom that's coming in who's coming in for prenatal care, and then maybe you see um, an elderly person that you know maybe just moved to to a nursing home or something like that. So you can your entire day can just be new things and, and new experiences and, and new patients and so I, I think that aspect of family medicine is really rewarding and I think that the obviously you have this quality being able to relate to people personally I mean I think that's a big thing you know if you're a radiologist or an anesthesiologist your personal skills aren't all that important but I think that having practiced internal medicine myself, people really want to have that um, physician that they can talk to. And I think that helps a lot when you're trying to solve problems. Yeah, and I think that's, uh, again, really big in family medicine is this, your, your, this idea of treating the family as a unit, too. Um, mom, dad, um, brother, sister, grandma, grandpa, all that. And, you know, actually in some practices I've seen They'll bring the whole family in, and the doctor will see um, everyone at once. You know, not at once, technically, but you know they'll all be in the room together, and right. um, doctor will kind of provide care for for the whole family. Yes, I once asked the pediatrician to give my youngest daughter medication or to give me medication. I didn't care which one of us got medication, but something had to be done. Anyway, let's go back to vaping. Um, so um, I'm sh I was shocked when I found out that vaping was not a big deal in England. Why is vaping not a big deal in England? And you're going to be shocked to find out the why. Yeah, so in England, they have some pretty severe, strict regulations on um, vaping, on what um, these vape companies can put into their e-liquids. And, so, and one of the most strict regulations is that 
in England, they allow only 2% of, um, of the e-liquid to contain nicotine, or 2% by volume. However, in the United States, there's not really a limit, per se. Um, one of the most common uh, common vape uh, devices uh, or companies is called Juul, and they had this 5% nicotine by volume liquid. Um, and after they started doing that, you know, there kind of became what's what was described as a nicotine arms race, where people, you know, they go up to 5.5, 6% nicotine, 7% nicotine. Um, right now, the FDA is evaluating all these um, electronic cigarette manufacturers and, and what their um, manufacturing process is. So we'll, uh, they, the FDA got um, like six million uh, applications for different products, and they are. I think they're going to decide in 2022 um, what they're going to do with that. But yeah, I couldn't believe it. Two percent in England, and and five or six percent out here. So. so this is wake up, America. We're stupid bastards, <laughs> and the drug companies and the cigarette companies and money is what drives public health and it, this is why the whippets thing kratom spice i mean if you really want to you know mess up teenagers allow them to order whippets online or go to the head shop and give them six percent nicotine vaping and then you wonder why they're not doing well in school or you know they get oh well that was cool i liked i like vaping i wonder what you know uh, edibles are like or whatever and it's just um I really do think that the public needs to look at public health and wonder why 20 years later we're talking about uh, the concentrations of nicotine when England seemed to figure it out right away. Okay, I'll, I'll stop. We'll go back to vaping. So how much do people vape and how much does it cost and what what is a 15-year-old doing with vaping and how do you get them off of it if they are? Yeah, so... Um I, I think the last Healthy Mendocino statistic showed um, about 13% of ninth graders had reported that they had been using... 13% yeah. of ninth graders. Right, yeah, 13%. Um, and, you know, uh, adults, hopefully it's more. Right, you know, right now the, the age limit for purchasing vape products is 21. Um, but these products are found online, and all you need to do is just click a button that says, Yes, I am 21 enter your quote-unquote birth date you're not kidding me nope. so if you're 13 you just lie about your birth date and it r arrives in the mail as long as you have a credit card and maybe uh, a furtive way to to get your package but yeah it's it's pretty unregulated which is kind of the scary part too and you kind of mentioned that but. so now that you're you vape you know, every hour? Do you vape twice a day? Do you, you know, what's the, it all it, depends. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of depends. Um, so some people uh, can go through, through a pod, they call them pods, um, which again are the 5% the nicotine. Uh, some people can go through that in a day. And when you um, vape that, that's equivalent to going through a pack of cigarettes. Um, the, the amount of nicotine is equivalent to, uh -huh. the, to going through a pack of cigarettes. Um, some people will t can take a little bit longer to, to vape through um, a whole a whole vape pod, but it just kind of depends, you know. Um, some people, I guess, there's different ways to modify the amount of uh, aerosol you inhale as well. So if you're in, if uh, you have an open 
kind of an open system, um, you can inhale a lot more at one time, and so that kind of affects the quantity too. I think um, sometimes they'll label how much how much puffs um, that you can get out of a out of a cartridge. Um, what's popular right now, I guess, are um, disposable. Um, vape pens too, so they'll tell you exactly how many puffs you can get out of this one disposable. Disposable vape pens. That sounds exciting. Um, so tell me about the flavors, because I, I read something about <laughs> Jewel was actually not making a trillion dollars a year because there was a, some flavor thing. Yeah. So you know the flavors are, are very very popular and. Um, they they come up with all kinds of crazy names. It's it's almost like you know if you if you go to like a donut shop and sometimes they they kind of just throw any anything on these on these donuts right um, cereal and candy. Um, I know there I saw one that was called cinnamon toast cereal flavor. Um, I think there's a there was a garlic flavor. There's lemon flavor. I mean you name it you, and you can create a name for it. And then I'm sure there's a flavor for it. So. And and in California, you can buy all those flavors, or was there some ruling you couldn't do so many flavors? Like I thought we banned uh, flavored cigarettes, candy cigarettes, or something. Well, I know that um, there was a ban on flavored e-liquid in San Francisco. So right now, in the city of San Francisco, um, I believe you cannot purchase e-liquid that has flavoring in it um or and you cannot get it shipped over there too but as far as the rest of the state i think it's they're still waiting open. yeah i think they're still waiting on the fda i think mendocino might have, might have had a referendum mendocino county had a referendum on it i don't i don't know if you guys are more familiar with that i'm um, talking about no, banning the flavors. i'll have to look it up anyway this is alicia bales i just i'm still floored by your statistic that 13 percent of our ninth graders are using five percent nicotine concentration vape and one of the things that i have noticed as the mom of a teenager is these things are remember cigarettes are kind of gross you smell bad you can really tell that somebody has been smoking and um, we force everybody to go outside when they smoke and that kind of thing there's a lot of pressure to quit but for vapes it's you know maybe you smell like a gummy bear for a few minutes afterwards you know and it seems ubiquitous it's compact and easy to hide and even if your teenager is telling you they don't use um, how would you know right but it seems like all the kids really all the kids are doing it even in school so they've created this perfect little package for carrying it in your backpack and using it surreptitiously and and they're all getting sort of hooked on it and it's normalized to them right yeah one of the big things about cigarettes is the kind of social stigma that um, has been associated with cigarette smokers right and you know we don't let cigarette smokers inside restaurants and in certain parks and uh, within certain feet of the building right but yeah with these um Electronic cigarettes, you can't smell. You can't smell the smoke. Um, I, in schools, I guess kids, um, you know, they, they can blow it into their backpack and, and then it kind of just disappears. And it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to recognize. Um, some of the delivery systems, at least with, with Juul, they used to look like USB drives or they're basically little sticks, very discreet, you know, um, hard to pick up. Actually, one company is making a form of um, delivery system as a watch. And so you wear it on your wrist. Um, it tells the time. So you look at the time, and um, you're you kidding can, you me. Can make a poll, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 very it's innovative, I, I have to say, um, but at the same time. And then, uh, you know, I talked to my psychology daughter last night about why. Why do people think? Oh, I think I want to start vaping. 
Yeah, um, as far as, you know, the there, there's always been this, I guess, uh, social idea that's, that smoking is cool, right? Um, you know, and that when you when you take a puff and you blow blow out some smoke, right? That's kind of a it's kind of a cool thing to do, um, and I don't know if part of that is because you know back um, in the day, tobacco companies had had advertisements everywhere, right? And they kind of depicted um, people with cigarettes in their hand, and they're very relaxed and smiling, and you know it's kind of a social social thing, and so I guess when electronic cigarette companies first came out with with advertising, so the Tobacco, big tobacco cannot advertise on traditional media forms, radio, right. t television, and such. However, there's now many other different forms of media, right? Uh, many different types of social media, Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> Snapchat. And so I guess these electronic um, cigarette manufacturers were br uh, broadcasting on these alternative forms of media the exact same things that the tobacco companies were doing, you know, relaxed, young, um, hip lots of colors in their advertisements and so you know um, <laughs> the the implicit mind kind of sees the subconscious mind sees that and you know forms an association yeah I want to be cool like the advertisement yeah I know it was interesting to me that the uh, I read decades ago um, lucky strike or some of these companies would come up with the color of the year and then they'd have all these fashion women wearing the color of the year in their uh, advertisements you know because it was all about look how good I look not what I look like when I'm 89 pounds and dying of lung cancer which is I'll tell you is pretty ugly um, so how what percentage of these people if you're ninth grade and you're vaping uh, you're still doing it when you're in the 12th grade or you know I, I was shocked that my intelligent relatives at 35 were vaping I just could not you know I mean I didn't hit him over the head but I had a few words with them about their brain capacity yeah I don't know how much um, kids who start vaping at you know ninth grade or seventh grade or whatever continue vaping per se but we do know there is um, good evidence that shows um, uh, people who you who start using substances at an earlier age are more likely to continue use sub to use substances or to use different substances, including marijuana, methamphetamines, cocaine, and all, all kind of these harder harder drugs. You know, um, there is also good evidence that that teens who smoke are much more likely. Sorry, teens that use e-cigarettes are much more likely to become cigarette smokers as well. So it's not it, this. Um, I won't use that word. <clears throat> Thank you. This um, discussion of, oh, vaping is going to help people quit smoking, it's actually the exact opposite. Teenagers that vape become cigarette smokers. Yeah, they become cigarette smokers. And actually, um, there's also even good evidence that people who do vape end up also just smoking as well. They're more likely to just continue smoking as well as vaping. Both? R both, yeah. Kind of, they call, uh, I think they call them dual dual users or something dual dummies rather than <laughs> rather than just um quitting um using substances or using tobacco products altogether so. uh, i have a question about addiction because my whole life i've heard that nicotine is among the most addictive substances known to humankind so they're putting a, an astronomical amount of nicotine concentrated into these vaping subs uh what is it what is it called uh e-liquids e e e-liquids what does how does the I, and then i think about us sort of finding it and telling our kids to stop 
but it's not that easy, is it? No, it's it's really, really hard, and um, that's probably one of the reasons why tobacco companies and these um, electronic cigarette manufacturers have been so successful for such a long time, right? The nicotine is, it, it really is one of the most powerful substances on earth, and especially in terms of addiction, it's really, really hard. How does it, how does it do that? What does it do to our brains or our bodies? Well, I think, again, I, I, it kind of goes down, goes back to the receptors that nicotine acts on. Um, we have these nicotine receptors everywhere in our in our central nervous system from our brain to our spinal cord and they, they control a lot of, of the actions and, and organs in our body as well and um, it, it kind of goes back to that dopamine response system where the nicotine produces it, it attaches to the receptor produces more dopamine and then the dopamine tells your brain that you need more that you just that you need more nicotine so there's a big joke in the drug community that there's ex-alcoholics, there's ex-heroin users, there's ex-methamphetamine users, but nobody gives up their cigarettes. Yeah. It, it's it's really, it's it's probably one of the hardest things, and I've talked to a number of patients who said qu quitting cigarettes is, is the hardest, hardest thing that they've ever had to do. And just to let you know, there's this common myth about cigarette smoking. Oh, I'm going to quit when I'm 50. People lose lung function every year. At 18, you have this huge lung capacity, but you lose some every year. But you lose lung capacity at three or four times the rate of normal when you're a smoker. So people come in, and they're 50, and they're having a little cold, and they're coughing and can't breathe. Well, if you smoked away half of your lung capacity, you don't do so well. And guess what? You continue to lose lung capacity. And there's this myth that, oh, I'm going to quit, and then my lungs are going to clear up. It doesn't work that way. You've smoked away half of your little air sacs, and they don't come back. Yeah, our lungs are really, really sensitive things. Yeah, um, we, at, at the bottom, of there's these really, really tiny little things called alveoli, and they really aren't meant to have anything else go in and out of them except just good, clean air. So... Um, any time we do inhale anything into our lungs, that's that's just not pure air. It's it, it causes damage, and and you know they they're sensitive, but they are they are really resistant, very very resistant. And, you know they they have mechanisms of healing, but but still, I mean the best thing to do is <laughs> to try to stay away from inhaling. So one thing that everybody that's fifty that's a cigarette smoker that I like you to do, go up to a twenty year old and have them blow as hard as they can on your index finger. Okay. And then you blow as hard as you can on your index finger. And you're going to be shocked at the difference about how hard you can blow on your finger versus a 20-year-old. So we're talking to Dr. Russell Cackley. We're talking about vaping, family practice residency program. And we're going to talk, start taking phone calls and see what the public wants to talk about. And that number is 707-895-2448. That's 707-895-2448 to call in and talk with Dr. Marvin Trotter and Dr. Russell Cackley about vaping. Any questions you might have about vaping or family practice medicine or family, anything family medicine, else yeah. on people's minds. All right. We have our first call. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Um. Hello. Hello. Is, uh, Hello. Oh yeah, I'm in, I'm on my in my car. Just want to make sure I wasn't doing the radio thing too. Um, just well, make sure your radio. I just off. wanted to share um, with um, people who may be parents 
Um, my son, who's uh, he's, uh, 25, when this happened, um, he had been coughing, you know, um, been, been vaping, uh, not as much. I had no idea how, how much he was doing that. But uh, he, and this was right at the beginning of the pandemic in January, you know, before it actually hit. And um, he got a pneumonia, you know, and we took him to um, over the hill to Willits to the uh, Adventist Health, and he had, um, you know, the scans done because he was he was obviously really sick. And uh, he left the place, and they called him back, and they said, "You've got to come back right now for surgery." Um, this is an emergency situation, and it was a, I don't know, it was, it was a long surgery. It was like eight hours, and they actually removed a layer of the inside of his uh, left lung that was like an orange peel, uh, and that was all the vaping material that had, um, you know, wow. you know, uh, appeared um, over, you know, years, probably, I don't know exactly how long, of, of the vaping. So it was extremely painful. We were very blessed that there was a really good surgeon there who did an amazing job. And um, he had to stay in the hospital for uh, about five days after that. And they were Venice Health was really great. I mean, they had him in his own room with all the, the COVID stuff starting to happen. It was all, you know, very safe and, and, and clean and and um, he got really good care, and they had him blow into one of these things, you know, and he had had to pump out fluids out of his lung for three days, literally, like like volumes of fluids. Um, okay. And he had this little thing he had to, like, blow into to, to help activate his lung again. And, um, he, and in that room, he said, I'm never going to vape again. Well, guess what, you know. Uh, So I'm very concerned for our youth. I'm concerned for my son. You know, I actually just, before I got on this call, I'm like, okay, you're supposed to hear, you know, get a a follow-up call with your respiratory person. When is that? You know, you know, it's in another week. But um, the fact that, that the young people, you know, have a really hard time getting that this is, you know, it's like the lungs, you know, the lungs of our planet. You know, when they're taking down the Amazon, it's the same thing. We're taking down our own youth. It's, it's being mirrored all around the planet, and I don't know how to fix it. I, I'm really, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm just sad about the whole thing because, you know, like you said, he's vaping, thinking it's better, and then he's also smoking. So, okay. yeah. It, thank it, it, thank, it, it, thank yeah. you for the call. Anyway. Thank you for the call. All right. Um, neither Dr. Cackley nor I have ever heard of this, but OMG, um, what's, what you described is that he had some reaction to the chemicals that we were talking about in his lungs, and his pleura surrounding his lungs uh, became like an orange peel so his lung wouldn't uh, expand. And then you get into all this stuff, and you get water between the lungs and the ribs, and that's when you get a chest tube and pull all the stuff. Yeah, you know, there was, um, I guess there was a, a number of what's called um, 
electronic cigarette or vaping associated lung injury now i don't i don't know if that's kind of what was going on here um but there was a and this is kind of why the fda is evaluating um these manufacturers as well i guess there was this um influx of uh, i guess vit they found vitamin e acetate was maybe a cause of this of this that, yeah. severe lung damage and stuff like that now again i, I don't know what hap what the diagnosis for your son was and that that is that's a, a bizarre and life-changing yeah and people are doing this because they think it's fun they think it's fun they think it's safe and uh-oh your mic okay keep talking let's take our next call okay okay we're going to take another call hello caller you are live on the air yeah we can hear you um hello can you hear me yes yeah i can hear you Okay, great. Uh, this is just, uh, I heard a, a statement in passing earlier that Dr. Trotter made, and, and this is a little off topic, but kind of related. It's about addictions. And he said that, you know, people stop taking this drug or that drug, and he used the term ex-alcoholic. Now, I'm under the impression that somebody that's an alcoholic can stop drinking, but they're still alcoholic. Good and point. if they have one drink, it's too many, and if they have a truckload, it's not enough. So, I don't think there's such a thing as an ex-alcoholic, and I think that people out in the world use that terminology thinking that, oh, I can have a drink now because I haven't had a drink in 10 years, and their life ends I agree. tragically. I, yeah, I agree. They're alcoholics. The, okay. They're alcoholics. That, I just that, want, yeah, yeah, that's fine. They're not drinking, but they're still alcoholics. Right. I, I think that's really okay. Thank important you terminology for people. Okay, okay thanks a lot. Hello? Um, no. Okay. So um, let's talk about the residency program just for a moment. <laughs> or did you have an – because I didn't think you had a um, – so tell us what the next three years of your life is going to be like. Oh, the next three years. Well, so currently, um, as, a, as a first year, we – there's a lot of uh, inpatient medicine. You try to you try to build a base of inpatient medicine, and then you kind of work towards outpatient. Um, as far as the next three years of my life, uh, I'll, I'll be again doing a blend of in, in working in the hospital, um, working in an outpatient clinic. Um, always accepting new patients. Uh, always looking for new patients. Um, I know so it is it is kind of hard to find a doctor sometimes out here and especially you know uh, kind of during this this pandemic when it's been hard to to see people face to face and a lot of doctors are retiring right here um so hopefully i'll be yes uh, okay we have another call caller you're on the air yes yes thank you can you hear me yes okay i, I this is don over in fort bragg california now i quit smoking cigarettes and pot 25 years ago and i understood that when you quit smoking after 15 years of abstinence that your lungs can pretty much heal themselves i was wondering what you have to say about that i'll just tell you that that is a completely false statement that's false i'll be done okay. uh -huh. completely false statement you lose lung function every year after seven to nine years your chance of lung cancer goes down to almost zero or the chances of a non-smoker getting lung cancer, but your lungs do not heal. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, I, yeah I'm, I can't imagine that your lungs would would be able to heal after no, after that much. Just thank goodness that you quit 25 years ago while you still had lung capacity. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank. Well. Thank okay. you very very much. I would okay. just, that's another. Th 
thing. Thank you. I just wanted to know. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Have a good day. And he's speaking in full sentences, so that's good that he has lung capacity. Um, tell us more about, um, you know, the residency program for three years, you get to see you're, in, you're doing uh, labor and delivery, you're doing pediatrics, you're doing surgery, you're doing ICU, et cetera, et cetera. And if you want to see Dr. Cackley as your physician, call 463-7495, 463-7495. That's the family residency program. And you could see him in the clinic for the next three years. And if we're lucky, the man from Hilo won't go back to Hilo and he'll stay in Mendocino. But uh, this is exactly the type of rural family practice person that we're looking for. Looks like we have another call. Caller, you're on the air. Hello? Uh, Hi. Hello, yes. Your question. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Well, I'm wondering um, if you can address... Oops, sorry, I think we... People that are doing that. Could you repeat the question? Do you have information about vaping cannabis? Okay. Thank you for the because question. Because lots of people are doing that, and they seem to think it's so much safer. I'm not so sure. Okay, good question. Yeah, there is basically nothing safe that that, <laughs> that you can be vaping. Um, vaping cannabis has also been associated with these um, electronic vaping associated lung injuries as well that can cause these vape-induced pneumonias and you know people people get intubated because of this stuff um, they have to go on a ventilator and you know and that can cause a number of problems themselves so yeah definitely not safe to to vape cannabis um, or, anything. I would, or anything really can you talk about the the rates i mean i've never heard of people getting intubated from vaping although um it makes sense if the stuff is that caustic to people's lungs and they're doing it habitually every day but what are the rates and how does that sort of interface with this current respiratory uh pandemic that we're facing where people are getting intubated for um covid19 yeah, you know, I, I don't know the specific data on on the rates of people that do get these um, severe lung injuries from vaping and and how many end up having to be hospitalized or or getting intubated, but I, I mean we do know that it is that it happens. Um, we I, there have been cases here at in in Mendocino County at Adventist Health Hospital um, where p patients did have to get intubated. Um, we also do know that people who vape are more likely to um, to experience severe effects if, if they do get COVID as well. Um, they are more likely to have to require hospitalization. Um, and sometimes, again, that does mean intubation um, to, to save their lungs and, and their, to save their lives. Because their lungs are already compromised. Yeah, their wow. lungs are already compromised. You know, there's, there's already been damage to them. It, it affects the lungs' ability to heal as well. So. All right. Well, it's 895-2448, 707-895-2448. It's Mind Body Health with Dr. Marvin Trotter and his guest, Dr. Russell Cackley, who's one of the residents in the family medicine residency here in Ukiah. Are you going to be working primarily in Ukiah or are the, what clinic will you be working in? Yeah. So primarily right now I work at um, the Ukiah clinic, but uh, we 
can do clinics all throughout Mendocino County. Um, I know that some of my co-residents have done work in Covalo and Fort Bragg. Um, I think you can even do some work in in Boonville. Um, you know, even Boonville. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a number of places to work, and you know, I, I hope to learn more, and I hope to be able to get out more and and learn more about the different communities. That How long have you been be here? Uh, I've I've only been here only four months. Wow! <laughs> yeah. Welcome, welcome. Okay, we have another call. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Oh, well, thank you for taking my call. My name is Emmett, and I want to appreciate the conversation that's happening uh, about this topic. Um, I have a brief uh, statement and then a question. Uh, My statement is that I have uh, a deep appreciation for, you know, the importance of pulmonary health, and I'm also someone who's pretty well versed in things that can be smoked, but I don't smoke cigarettes, and I've only smoked vape once. It was it's the singular most disgusting experience I've ever had with, you know, sort of a consumable product. I couldn't believe that people are getting addicted to these things. So, um, uh, the other, the other question that I have though, is, is there any program in place in the County that supports that trains people on pulmonary and respiratory health beyond just reacting to a problem or in in rehab or something like that? Are there any proactive programs that, that are outside like, yoga studios or anything like that? Is there anything in the medical community or, or perhaps in the um, the complementary and alternative medicine programs in the county? And I'll listen to the answer off the air. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, Dave, for your question. Um, I, at this time, I, I am not sure if there's any specific programs that deal with pulmonary health. Um, I do know that, you know, one of the ways we can kind of help the public is um, by creating these kind of public campaigns, you know, that kind of discuss and, and educate people about um, what vaping is and and the effects on the lungs. Um, but as far as um, specific uh, public therapies um, that are available, I'm I'm not really sure. The um, um, only thing that I know of is the hospital does have a MAT program, medically assisted treatment program. So if you do have an alcohol, um, opiate, smoking uh, problem, you can get outside help uh, through Dr. Young's office to address your addiction. So I think that's a good point, that there is help for addiction. There's no pulmonary clinic to learn how to be a a better um, respirator, but um, the MAT program is very good. Suboxone is a a good thing for uh, opiate addiction. Um, Okay. The one is there a lull? Well, <laughs> you know, you bring up a public health thing. Uh, uh, Mari Roden and the city council is working with the high school students to ban whippet sales in s- smoke shops and et cetera. That doesn't mean you can't get them through, you know, for your restaurant or your personal use. But my personal view, having been public health officer for 12 years, is there's there's a lot of things that we could do locally. Uh, to improve the health of our children that we don't. Uh, I'll give you another example as to why why don't we have an English law in Mendocino County that you can't get uh, uh, nicotine greater than 2% for your vape pens? Why don't we have an English law in California uh, rather than let the cigarette companies and the people that are addicting our children to you know lifelong lung damage 
Why can't we say, oh, in Mendocino County, we have the same law as they do in England? And I hope that the community will look more toward what we can do in public health to have healthier children. Yeah, I think I think that's a great idea. Um, I think it it really is on the on the communities, the individual communities, to kind of take care of this problem because, you know, it, it's become such a such a large issue, and you know, at the national level, it, things move slowly, and you know, they are reviewing things right now, but who knows how long it's going to take. Um, like I said, there was a a, a plan to ban um, a lot of flavors, but then these um, these companies were able to get enough. They petitioned and got enough signatures, and they created a, basically an immediate referendum so that the FDA had to reevaluate this and they're you know because they have so much money they, they can continue to do that so you know as a, I think as a community we have to decide well do we want to allow the these uh, do we want to allow these substances to continue to, to kind of take take control of of our of our fellow um, of our fellow humans and um, we have to decide if we want to make policies against that. So I know this, you know, but really think about seat belts, speed limits, DUI laws. Why do we have that? Those are for public safety. And I don't understand why it's okay to sell drugs to teenagers and make a lot of money off of it and think it's a good idea. Yeah, you know, one one thing that we should be spending our money on is is more activities for for our teenagers to to participate in you know um we got to start putting more money in in our in our sports clubs in our in our youth clubs you know in our music in our in our art festivals you know kind of keep our kids busy um you know uh there was a study in iceland actually where um so i guess back in the in the 90s uh ice the teenagers in iceland had very very high rates for alcohol use. I think up to forty percent of high schoolers were were using and and possibly abusing alcohol in Iceland. And so they looked at that and they said, "What are we doing? Like, why why are all these kids using?" It? And so they they gathered some data um, and did some surveys and you know they really made a commitment towards putting their um, their public funds into into creating these after school programs um, where you know kids could go, they could have safe spaces. Um, to, to learn new skills and you know some a lot of times kids will um, you know try drugs and, and certain things because they are looking for that rush you know for that um, sense of excitement and thrill but that kind of stuff can be found in all in many many different aspects of life as well right um, going hiking go, um, going going on kayaking adventures you know um, again playing sports these, these are all kinds of natural ways that we can kind of simulate our, our minds and so you know putting money towards towards these programs um it, it really really worked in iceland um <laughs> i think that's that's something we need to be exploring here in the states too yeah iceland went from the worst amount of teenage drug use cigarettes marijuana and alcohol to the best in in uh, europe 10 years later less than 10 percent of any of those problems amongst their teenagers. They, a, ta a country of 300,000 actually beat England in soccer. So, you know, we can do something different, and hopefully I'll do a show on KZYX because everybody should, should be supporting KZYX so we can make a difference in our community. Nice segue, Marvin. You want to talk for a second about the quiet drive? Okay. Well, KZYX is moving to Ukiah. Now, I'm going to be, you know, 
depressed not driving to Philo every two weeks. But uh, KZYX does a lot in the community. I don't care if it's the forest fires, shows like this, uh, music, news. Uh, it's an exceptional radio station, and we're doing a quiet drive starting next week. Well, we got the quiet drive going on now, and the loud drive starts on Monday. So, Of course, I don't know anything about quiet, but I do know about loud. <laughs> and you'll be here on Tuesday for to do a quiet drive. I mean, a loud drive. <laughs> I'm not sure what we actually call it. On-air fundraising drive show. It starts Monday. It goes Monday through Sunday. So it'll be a week of on-air fundraising next week. But we try to make these fundraising drives fun. I mean, it's not a time to just click the radio off. It's a time when the radio station especially needs you to be listening and supporting. So if you want to um, support the station in the quiet drive right now, you can do it by phone, by mail, or on the web. By phone, you call 895 Two three two four to the office, and somebody will take your your donation that way. You can also go online to kzyx.org and click the donate button in the upper right hand corner, and it's a super easy form to fill out, complete with the choice of thank you gifts. Um, we have a new baseball cap this fundraising drive, and um, finally, you can just send a check to PO Box One. Philo, P-H-I-L-O, California, 95466. And Russell, do you guys do this in Hilo? Do you have a community station in Hilo that does fundraising drives and is membership supported and listener supported? We do. We do. In fact, yeah. Um, I, I can't tell you the station name, but yeah, um, we definitely do. Um, they they do a number of drives. And yeah, you know, these kinds of public programs are, are really great for the community. They're really helpful to educate the community and, you know, to kind of let the community, what what's going on? What's, what's happening? Um, and where else can you learn about uh, vaping, colon cancer, and mindfulness from residents that are new to Ukiah that you can go see as your physician? I mean, that's a very unique thing that KZYX does. I don't care where else you go. Um, they're, you know, a enormous resource for the community. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> that range of topics is is awesome that that you get to talk about it and listen to it, and you know, I mean, even just talking about the subject and learning about the subject, I, I learned a lot more too, um, just about vaping in general. Oh my God, my mind is blown right now. I didn't know any of that, so I'm really grateful that you came in and all the residents, Marvin, that you've been bringing in. It's been incredible. You guys are closer to your education the t the period of your education where you're really steeped in learning all the newest stuff uh than a lot of the doctors that that are here and have been practicing for decades so it's very exciting to hear your all your all's perspective and you're super excited about the future of your profession and so that's great thank you um you guys have about five minutes left you want to kind of make your your last points about vaping yeah, tell us tell us your top three things that you want people to know that you know that over this show about vaping. Yeah, you know, so I mean, again, one one misconception um, is that these electronic cigarettes, some of them don't have nicotine. Well, they all have nicotine, and nicotine is a very powerful and addictive substance that can affect affect the brain. It affects our synapses, and especially it affects our youth um, brain development as our brain continues to, our youth brains continue to grow until age 25. Um, secondly, you know, uh, vaping, there, there really isn't any good evidence that vaping can um, help smoking cessation at this time. Um, so really, 
there's not really a good a good benefit for for vaping at this time. Um, and then you know, I mean, a lot of this stuff is scary. But um, for parents, especially, I just wanted to to say that um, the best thing to do is kind of just to talk to your teenagers about it, um, talk to your kids about it. Um, any you know, even if you don't have kids, um, just talk to you know if you have nephews or nieces or or just youth in the community. It's good to just talk to them and to kind of explore the topic. Um, definitely taking an empathetic tone is is always helpful. Um, kids are are much more receptive to that and just kind of prepare for for conversation being able to go back and forth um and you know hopefully we can and as you said this is a very quiet sort of problem you know people have these in their backpacks or go take them to school and i think um it's it's not cool it's not safe and and just um i like the empathetic discussion with your teenagers i like you know that never worked for me but i'll maybe i should have learned something <laughs> and you know if you ever have any other questions feel free to reach out to your um your pediatrician or your family practice doctor or you can come into the residency clinic at any time or give us a call and, and i'm always happy to answer more questions and we at the residency clinic are always happy to help all right well it looks like we have one more caller we've got about four minutes left so want to take it yeah hey caller we just have a couple minutes left do you have a short question uh, I had a comment I wanted to make. This is John, and uh, I teach woodworking at uh, Waldorf schools. And, uh, you know, it, it just, uh, I, I don't understand why there isn't more vocational education in this county, more uh, opportunities, uh, especially for wood shop. We live in a timber county. This is not a marijuana county. This is a timber county. And uh, it's not a wine county either. There's much more uh, timber land, and, and the timber is one of our greatest resources, even though our forests are burning up. Uh, <laughs> there I, are solutions to I, these difficulties. I, I promote I the utilization yes. of this small diameter uh, suppressed growth dug fir. Okay. Uh, but... You know, my students, I, I teach fifth through eighth grade, and they run to the wood shop. Uh, they're so enthusiastic to get uh, into the shop and use the tools, and, and it's very satisfying to create all of these beautiful wooden objects. And why don't we have more opportunities for that? Great uh, idea, Colin. Instead of... Uh, Thanks for the uh, comment. I think I think it goes along with the Iceland thing. If people are in wood shop, if they're doing basketball and soccer, if they're doing art, and they're engaged in something, like he says, people run to the wood shop. That the more opportunities we have for teens, yeah, the, the you know the less likely they are to to find themselves using substances and to to find themselves trying to just keep themselves from boredom and stuff like that. Teens get bored a lot. I mean, I remember when I was a teen, I, I got bored a lot, right? Because you, you just, that's just what you do. You're trying to find yourself in this world. And so, yeah, having these kinds of activities, um, these these good outlets. Again, there, there's good research to show that, that it really works and it really helps produce a, a healthier society. So, Well, and healthier for everybody because then you have different ages hanging out together. If the, if the adults are involved in creating these programs and getting to know the kids, it just creates a lot more of a cohesive uh, community and relationships and social safety net for everybody. So I like it. Sounds good, you guys. Let's do it. 
My um, the reason the Alex Rohrbach Center is built was because Ned Welsh gave me an article as public health officer that says it doesn't matter if you're from Hollywood or Hell's Kitchen in New York. If you're going to be a successful teenager, you need two things: you need a mentor and positive things to do. And much like the woodshop, you know, teacher and something positive to do, or the basketball, or you know, surfing, you need mentors and positive things to do as kids. All right. Well, with that, that's going to bring us to the end of another edition of Mind Body Health with Dr. Marvin Trotter. You want to give that phone number one more time for the residency program? Yeah. If you again, if you guys have any questions or if you need a doctor, please give us a call 707-463-7495. Um, we're always happy happy to talk to you guys, answer any questions, see you whenever we want, whenever you guys want. So thanks. All right. And that's Dr. Russell Cackley, a four-month now new resident here in Mendocino County. Thank you both so much. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willetson Dukayan 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.